What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-hosts, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachoki, and of course, co-host producer extraordinaire Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show wherever you're listening. That really helps us out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow all of us as well at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, the whole gang is back together, and we have a very special guest with us on the show tonight to close out 2020. Joining us this week on the Sports Kingdom Show is head varsity basketball coach of the Northwood High School Timberwolves in Irvine, California, Zach Johnson. We'll discuss his journey through coaching and what it's like to be a high school basketball coach during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll also get his thoughts on the first week of the NBA season. To close the show, we're going to preview the last week in the NFL regular season and find out if Tyler was crowned champion of the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. All this and more on episode 175 of the TSK Show coming up right now. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 175 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports, Sklar. Joining me as always, my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pachelke. What's up, TP? How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Living that champ life. <laughs> yes, uh, we will We will get to that uh, a little bit later on in the show. But first, uh, we got a special guest with us, uh, but also sitting across from me on the board, our co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. He missed last week. Jacob, it's good to have you back. How are you, man? It's good, man. This week uh, it's been tough, but uh, I'm still here. Still here. Yes. Yeah. No. Jacob had a very early morning yeah, this hang, morning. Hanging in there, but glad I could be back. Yes. Uh, before we introduce our special guest, like I said, I got to let you know that this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by Jay Diamond Estates. For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com. DRE number 0206831. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. naked. So like I said, it is episode 175 of the Sports Kingdom show. It's also the last episode of 2020 for the Sports Kingdom show. And uh, it's been quite, quite a year uh, for everybody. It's... uh, I mean, there was a time that there wasn't sports 
and we had to figure out ways to fill time for episodes and I mean, it was it was crazy. It was a lot of fun doing those episodes, uh, just talking about a lot of random stuff. Yeah, it was this. a lot of what ifs. Yes, it was a lot we of what ifs. I know what was going to happen. Um, but now that sports is back up and running, uh, it's been good to to talk about professional sports and and everything that's going on in the NBA and the NFL and Major League Baseball with the Dodgers winning the World Series and all of that. But something that we really haven't covered on the sports kingdom show quite yet uh is high school sports and the impact that it is having or the COVID 19 pandemic and its impact on high school sports uh really and i have a a close family friend of mine uh someone i consider to be like an older brother to me uh who is a a varsity high school basketball coach here in southern california and we were uh, talking uh a week or two ago uh, just catching up, and uh, we were talking about uh, his coaching, uh, uh, him coaching his team and all of that, and uh, I just said, we should just have you come on the podcast and talk about this. So, like I said, joining us on the phone, uh, it's a very special guest. Uh, like I said, a, f- a family friend of mine, someone I consider to be like an older brother. Uh, he is the varsity high school head coach, ba- ah, excuse me, got all tongue-tied. Uh, he is the head varsity basketball coach of the Northwood High School Timberwolves in Irvine, California. We welcome to the Sports Kingdom show, Zach Johnson. Zach, how you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. Sorry I messed up that intro there. I got a little tongue-tied uh, intro on you. Oh, you're good, man. You're good. <laughs> so, um, first, before we talk about uh, you being a coach during the COVID-19 pandemic, I, I wanted to... Uh, to give the listeners uh, a peek inside your background. So why don't you let everybody know what uh, what your journey's been like a, as a coach in high school basketball here in Southern California? Because, I mean, we, we were talking about it last night. We, Me and you both had very untraditional paths uh, for our careers, and uh, I think it's pretty pretty interesting. So why, why don't you give a peek into your journey as a, as a coach here in Southern California? So my journey actually didn't even start in California. Um, My journey started in Tucson, Arizona. I was a student at University of Arizona, um, kind of figuring out what what I wanted to do with my life. Um, I was kind of at a crossroads. Did I want to go into business? Did I want to go to do this? Did I want to go do that? And uh, Another close family friend of mine who, Eric, you know pretty well, Dustin Alpert, hit me up one day. He's like, he's like, look. Uh, I, I've, I've been, I coached this team last year, this, uh, this small charter school basketball team last year. Um, would you want to, would you possibly want to coach this small charter high school team and see how you like it? Maybe you want to be, maybe you want to start coaching. And I said, I said, I don't know. You know, I don't know if that's some, the, the route I want to take. I don't know. And then I, I met with AD and um, for 800 bucks for, 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 for five months of work, um, I got to I got to be a head varsity basketball coach at the age of 19, um, but it was one of the most transforming experiences of my life, and it obviously changed the traje- trajectory of my career for forever. Um, we had a we we had a pretty decent team that year, and you know um, we we decided like I, I was like oh you know I got a couple six three kids you know didn't know not knowing anything about what was going on and. We led. We 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 made it to the playoffs for the first time in school history. 
um, won the most games in school history. They only play like a 15 game season. We went we went nine and six um, and won won the won our first round playoff game. And after that, I'm like, I'm gonna go all in doing this. Uh, I, I decided I wanted to even try to do college. So. That, that summer I went to something called the Rising Coaches Elite Conference, um, and Rising Coaches is awesome for for college coaches, for kids, people who want to get into college ball. Um, and then that was my going into my senior year. Then going into my senior year, I, I decided, hey, I, why not try to get on staff at you know U of A or you know one of the one of the community colleges or whatever. U of A didn't have enough room for me, and so after my first year at that at that high school, I actually got on staff at the local JC at Pima Community College as the second assistant and recruiting coordinator. Um, it was unbelievable. Um, we had red shirts on our team that year of guys like Lester Medford, Shakir Smith, um, Roland Jones. Lester Medford was a starting point guard at Baylor for two years. Um, Shakir Smith is playing overseas in, in Belgium. Roland Jones is playing in in, in Mexico. Um, that, that team was just loaded. Um, but, but unfortunately we had some injuries, we had some issues and <clears throat> our staff got fired that, 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 that first year that I was there and I was kind of left in limbo, graduated from U of A, um, and moved to Southern California. I was an assistant at Orange High School for a couple years. Um, probably the worst high school in Southern California, but was an awesome experience for, for my coaching career um, made me learn a lot about how to actually coach and not just manage personalities, actually have to teach kids how to play. You know, we, we were teaching kids like what the baseline was, what the sideline was, you know, how, like, like what's a flex cut, what's a down screen. So it was, it was really, it was really, it was really good to be able to do that. Then the next year uh, I moved to Arizona for a year and I got, I, I was, I was on staff for a team that made it to the state championship game. Um, we played, someone very near and dear to our Laker hearts of Mike Bibby. Mike Bibby was, was the coach of the team that we played against um, in the state championship game and got completely throttled. Um, but, but we went 29 and three lost to Mike Bibby and his son and a couple other division one players. Actually, three of them are still playing right now. Uh, Javon Blackshear's a starting point guard at, um, at, uh, at Grand Canyon university, Jalen house, which is Eddie house's son playing at ASU. J.J. Rimes is, red, I think it's redshirting at Grand Canyon. And then we had two Division One players of our own on that team, Bryce Fowler, who's still one of my one of my player contacts that I still contact all the time. Um, he's starting at uh, Sacramento State this year. And one of my former players is now playing pro, but he played with John Morant two years ago on, on that Murray State team. He was the starting center. So then the year after I decided to move back to California, um, I was an assistant for a year and then got my first head coaching job at 25 years old at Foothill High School in 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 Santa Ana, Tustin. Um, my mom's rival high school. Yep, your mom's <laughs> rival high school. I remember when I when I got the job, your mom called me and you're like, she was like, I'm I now I have to hate you. Um, <clears throat> and so I was I was the uh, I was I was the head coach there for two years. We had some I had some parent issues and so I decided to move on and get an assistant job at Northwood High School last year um, for a hall of fame legendary person and coach in Tim O'Brien. Tim O'Brien is, he is, um, is won a state championship. He, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Morningside five, but he, his team of kids from orange County in 1991 went ahead and beat the Morningside five for a state championship. Oh yeah. Um, in 19, in 1991, um, he's a legend. 
Um, unfortunately, he passed away um, in October, but I was fortunate enough to learn from, from a legend and one of the best last year, which led me to where I'm at now, where I'm, I took over for him as the head, as the head coach at Northwood. Um, and so that's kind of been my coaching career. It's been a lot of places, but um, I, I use them all as learning experiences and, and kind of cool things. Um, and I've been able to see some pretty high level basketball, especially because I also coach some club ball and we can kind of, I'll kind of co- go into it a little bit more when we talk about NBA. Cause I've coached against some, some NBA guys, which is pretty nuts. <laughs> all right. Uh, Tyler, what's, what's your, what you got for Zach? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I know that coaching kids is kind of a different dynamic than, you know, adults and, and a big part of that's like the parents, um, What's it been like with COVID kind of trying to, you know, coordinate? I'm sure there's some parents that don't want their kids to play uh, where the kid wants to play. Maybe even kids want their parents to play where the kid's not sure, you know. How's kind of that whole dealing with the parents and coaching and COVID? So parents are already a fickle fickle thing even, even without COVID. Um, but yeah. with COVID – Every district, every district is is kind of, and every school is kind of doing their own thing with this, um, and that's what's kind of been frustrating. Is like one school could have one one response, and another school could have another response, and you just never know, like like what each school is doing or which school is at a competitive advantage or not. Um, and so for us, we had about a month from like October fifth until November fifteenth that we were able to practice in the gym. And even when we were able to practice in the gym, we weren't really practicing. It was more like getting shots up, individual skill work, you know, running five on O things like nothing major, you know, it was like not, it wasn't like a normal basketball practice. Um, But the majority of the time from March until now, we've been on zoom about two to three times a week. So there really hasn't been this, the, the, the issue of, well, are, you know, do most kids want, want to come to practice or come play because we just haven't been able to play. Um, the the California California Department of Health called basketball the most dangerous sport in terms of spreading COVID um, for for high school kids and for for younger athletes. So because it's indoors, because you're you know you're banging on top of each other all the time, um, they're call, they they've they've kind of labeled it as the most dangerous sport. So we don't really have a lot. We haven't really had much practice. We haven't really had much much of those issues at all. You know, I haven't had parent issues for the first time in my 10 years of coaching because we haven't had games. There's been no playing time and, you know, (laughs) there's, we're just doing stuff on zoom. So the parent, the parent issue is kind of irrelevant right now. And even the COVID thing is kind of irrelevant because, because we just haven't, I've seen my kids four weeks out of the last 10 months. Jeez. Well, you kind of talked about how you got your start. Um, but I kind of want to ask you, you you have a pretty good track record and you've had some good players come through your system, but what is what is your end goal, though? Is it something that you want to stay in in the high school level or do you want to maybe work up to collegiate and even NBA? So I learned pretty quick that it's really, really, really tough to get to the college level and have sustained income at the college level. Um, I'm also a teacher, so I've, I got my teaching credential this past year. And for me... For me, like I found my purpose in what I want to do, and I, I, I really, I really enjoy coaching the high school athlete because then I could say I was part of that kid's journey. I was part of that kid's upbringing. I was part of what made him what he ended up being, um, and that part of it, that part of it fulfills me. 
Um, the, the college level is a whole different beast. It's a whole different game. Um, and I, would, I, would I mind going back to the college level? I wouldn't mind. But it would just have to be the right fit and the right, in the right spot, especially because my wife doesn't want to move from Southern California. <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, it would have to be one of the few schools down here. And, it would, and then if you're talking about NBA, it would literally have to be two teams. And one of them is probably not going to be around for much longer. So, <laughs> um, Zach, going back to to COVID and, and coaching during the pandemic, what what's it been like for you? What what it, obviously, I think the biggest adjustment, the most obvious adjustment, is going from in person to virtual. But what's it been like having to coach during the pandemic? and in a COVID-19 world compared to the world we knew before, was the virtual transition the biggest adjustment you had to make, or, or has there been other stuff that's kind of been a monkey, like like a wrench in, in your plan, basically, of getting prepared for, for what was supposed to be this season? It was, it, it's, it was pretty much not being able to see your guys, like not, not knowing – what your guys are doing on a daily basis, not being able to check in with them face-to-face on a daily basis. Um, it's, it's very, very hard to keep on top of guys' grades, to keep on top of guys making sure that they're showing up to classes on time, doing those, doing those things when, A, not, not, all, not all those kids are at school on, on a daily basis because of hybrid schedules and different things. Um, but then oh, so you you not, have you have some students and some players, well, some student athletes that are in person for school, as well as virtual. Yes, yes. So we we have a hybrid schedule at Northwood, and so like kids, like some kids will show, they're on a cohorted schedule. So some kids will show up on a on on A days, and then other kids will show up on B days. Um, but it's very it's very like you have no idea, and it varies, and because if they're feeling sick that day, they could still be on they could still be present but they're not present if in terms of being at school but they're present in class so it's it's very it's very hard to stay on top of them making sure they're showing up on time making sure they're doing the right things on a daily basis because i'm not on top i'm an, i can't be on their case uh, they're, they're they're not like there are only so many text messages and only so only so many phone calls you can make to a kid to make them show up to an online class on time um, so that's, that's been the pro- probably the biggest adjustment is not being able to see them face to face and not being able to control what, I, what is going on in terms of their basketball development and their academic development, because normally we have practice, you know, five to six days a week. And then, you know, normally two to three games a week or sometimes tournaments or whatever. Now we, now we're on zoom two hours a week, one, one hour on Tuesday, one hour on Thursday, and I check in with all 38 guys in my program in that one hour. And it, and so it, it leaves us with about 30 minutes of workout, 30 minutes of check-in. And that, that's it. And, and it's, it's really tough because you, don't, you just don't have, you don't have the same amount of time. You don't have the same amount of, amount of resource. What do those Zoom workouts consist of? Like are you like at a, a hoop as well, like doing like shooting drills with – the camera facing you and the, the kids are trying to mimic the drill at a hoop on their end. Like what, like take us through what uh, a zoom workout, like for your kids would be like. 
So what, what I did, because one of our, our, our program pillars and our program culture, and you probably hear college coaches talking about culture, culture, culture. Well, in high school, culture is probably the most important thing. And so one of our program pillars and program culture is, is the three pillars are accountability, responsibility, and leadership. So what I do with my guys to hold them accountable is I'll choose one of my varsity guys for every, for every Zoom workout to create a workout so that anybody could do it with a ball and a little bit of space. So most guys aren't going to have a hoop at home, most of them, because a lot of, a lot of, a lot of high school kids now, they live in apartments or they live where, like in, different, in different areas that they can't do it. So I try to tell them, hey, you know, if you have like a five-by-five five square that you can dribble, that you can kind of do some jab steps, different things. So kind of giving them a, a 30- to 45-minute workout of like core work, leg work, ball handling and some and some uh, and some like like little footwork things that's pretty much all we can do on zoom because i can't i can't control whether or not they have a basket at their house or whether or not they have enough room for themselves but most of the kids have you know about a five by five foot by five foot square that they can dribble in and then they could they could kind of do some form shooting or different things so you know i i try to model for them to start and then i kind of i kind of let them loose and i like to give them as much responsibility as possible and to try to get them to, to serve each other rather than me just talking at them all the time. Yeah. So uh, my next question was actually basically all that zoom stuff. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but, uh, TP. So I, no, no, it's all good. So I was just going to ask, you know, um, how do you work on stuff like uh, the playbook and, and, you know, chemistry or, or, you know, just responsibilities or, you know, your role in the team type of stuff. Like, obviously, that's extremely tough to do without being a person in a gym with everyone. So it's, it's funny because one another one of our, like, biggest mantras is know your role, star in your role, right? That's we, we talk about that all the time. And the toughest thing right now is giving kids those roles because I haven't seen any of my players play in a game for 10 months. Yeah. Yep. 10 months. And so, yeah. so at this, at, at this point, I, li- I literally like, like, I don't know which kid is, is in what role. I don't know how, how many of those kids have gotten better. How many of those kids have gotten worse? Who's, who's done what in the 10 month period? Because all I could see is whether or not they've done, you know, some ball handling drills or if they could shoot it well, but we all know, yeah. like we've all played sports. There, there are practice players and there are gamers. And I, I don't know who's a gamer and who's not, you know? Well, um, yeah. There's always a kid that just makes a huge jump in high school sports. You know, like mm-hmm. it seems like in my experience, every every summer, there's someone that just made a huge jump. And, you know, in this kind of scenario, you just have no idea. Yeah, I mean, and I, I, I do have a kid, and this is an example. Like I do have a kid who grew two inches and gained 25 pounds. Like, like that just doesn't happen to every kid. And he's, you know, he went from being an average high school player last year on our varsity team to probably being our starting point guard and possibly having some some college looks. So, without games this year, it's been kind of it's been kind of tough because you know he can't showcase his new ability, he can't showcase his new body, his new you know all these new new aspects. But when it, when it comes to like kind of building the program and building our our system, uh, we use we use a, a program called Fast Model Fast Draw, and it's really cool. Um, basically it kind of goes, it kind of shows the kids in a very easy, you probably have seen it on Twitter. If you want follow any, any basketball people, 
but it shows them like what you have all, you know, all five numbers on the court and you can show, you know, whether you dribble, you know, whether you're dribbling, whether you're passing, whether you're screening. Um, and I basically give them our playbook and our, and everything on through fast draw and they're able to look at it and they're able to see it and, and really kind of implement what they think they are in that spot. And I tell our guys all the time, I said, if you want to maximize your playing time, you better know spots one through five. Cause I don't care if you're five, three, if you can post up, I'll give you the ball in the post. Um, so <laughs> That's that's kind of that's kind of what that's kind of what what I've been doing with in terms of that we've been doing in our Zoom meetings. I do some film breakdown. Like I really I'm I'm I really love Jay Wright and Villanova. Um, I I try to emulate what they do offensively and a little bit defensively. Um, and I really I I love Bob Huggins and the way that they defend. So I, I I try to I try to emulate a little bit of what Jay Wright does, and it really helps that a lot of people have broken down Villanova's four out one in offense. So I kind of have been able to show them what our offense looks like. Um, and then I've been able to show them how we want to, how we want to defend, but it's really tough when you don't have that, when you don't have that time to develop the mindset because defense is more about mindset than anything else. So two kind of a two part question. I did you guys finish your 2019 season? Like the pandemic didn't cut it off or anything like that. Um, we, so last year we did, we did finish our season. So the pandemic would have cut it off if the pandemic only would have cut our season off if we would have made it to the state championship game. Got it. And, um, so only, only like, only like 10 or 12 teams had their, had their season cut short by one game. And what, Um, so yeah, no, what the, what CIF division are you guys in? Sorry, I forgot to ask that. So we were last year. We were in two A. This year we are going to be in three A, which is because we we made playoffs, but our, our overall record wasn't great. So it, we we dropped down to three A, which frankly is a better fit for for what we for our group this year. Okay. So now my old really the the main question is there any indication of if there will be a season for this school year for like twenty twenty like because one of my things like when I think about the pandemic and uh, like I just always think like I could never be a student or a student athlete during these times. I just, I wouldn't have been able to function. And I just, I feel so bad for those seniors that are losing out on their senior seasons or those juniors that are losing out on getting that last bit of tape to send in for their junior highlight reel, because everybody knows, especially in basketball, that that junior year is so important in terms of getting college looks. So what, is there an indication that these juniors and seniors are going to have that season or has California just put a complete kibbutz to like all of it? Like it's, it's not going to happen. So basically we just got guidance on December 18th from the California department of health. Um, and basically they put all the sports and separated into four different tiers. And so they have like the same tiers that we are dealing with, right now as 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 citizens we now every sport has been put into those tiers which is like widespread substantial whatever like the third tier is and then the last tier is minimal and so each sport depending on how depending on how much um like how much contact or whatever like whatever they deemed has been put into different tiers and so the first tier which is like basically we're in the purple tier right now which is that first tier like sports like cross country and tennis and, you know, golf, those kind of sports could play. And once we get out of our stay at home orders, those sports could, 
could essentially go out and play if they needed to um, or if they could. Um, and then you have the next tier, like once we move to the next tier up, like sports like baseball, and there are a couple other sports that could play in that next tier that are that are not as that don't have as much contact. Baseball is not very does not have a, a ton of contact except maybe with like plays at the plate, but they've even been, they've even been taken out of the game with that, um, with umpire new umpire rules and everything. Um, and so so then you have the the third tier, which is like like boys lacrosse, football, you know bunch of like boys soccer girls soccer that's the third tier um and then basketball and wrestling were moved all the way over to the to the to the minimal tier which means we'd have to for basketball season we'd have to get to according to the, these guidelines right now we'd have to get to to less than two percent positivity rate and less than one case per 100,000 people jeez and that's and almost so, impossible right now at, at, at this point, it's it's really it's it seems really bleak, right? Like if you're looking at it in that way, um, and so as coaches right now, like we, there's been a there was a, a like an unofficial poll that that we were texting about about talking about possibly trying to play outside. Um, so it was kind of, it was very like on an outdoor so court or outside of the state of California. No, out on an outdoor court. Oh, trying wow. to play outdoors so so we can move so we could move up to one of the the lesser tiers Got it. Um, but that was that was just an unofficial poll that kind of took took place with with a couple that with a, about like 50 or 60 coaches um, the coaches almost almost unanimously i think it was like 56 to 4 or 36 to 14 uh, voted to if they wanted if they were able to to play outside at least get some type of game action in yeah um have but, you had to but, have you, know, you had I, to deal I, with any sort of like transfers or like players like m- like obviously transferring out and like maybe going to a different state to go play? Because I I know that's so been happening I, widespread throughout California. So at my particular school, no, because we're not we don't like at, at Northwood we're not we're not like the high profile we're not getting the Division One the high major Division One guy like we'd be lucky if we got one Division One player every fifteen years. Like there's been, there's only been like six or seven Division One guys that have ever come through Northwood, um, and so we we were like the the old school like neighborhood kids that you know they you know they've been playing together they've known each other since they were in second third grade we'll get a transfer in here and there um, because they move into the area but aside from that like we have not dealt with transfers um, like out we've got a couple transfers to come in because they you know they. They went. They went to a boarding school or something like that, and they, you know, they're they're back at home because they weren't allowed to go to boarding school this year, kind of thing. Um, but we haven't had to deal with the transfer game. But I know that a lot of the private schools have had to deal with, you know, transfers to prep schools or transfers out of state. And um, but we haven't had to deal with that in particular. Most of the public schools don't exactly really have to deal with that, but you know, it it has happened for sure. If there was one thing you could say to the people in charge on why you think high school basketball should be allowed to be played. Um, I don't know, kind of just give your, your best elevator pitch as to, to why you think it's important for these kids to, to be out there, uh, just out there playing basketball. It's, I mean, not to get scientific or anything like that. I just, Kids, I think, are one of the least transmissible 
like transmissible people for this disease. So I, if there's plenty of other sports going on, I don't, I don't understand personally why basketball can't go on. So basically the, the, my, like I've, I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion that it's, it's going to be really tough for, for anything to happen at this point in, in, in Southern California, in California in general. But I, I, I had questions as to like, why can't we test, you know, why can't we test our kids? Why can't we do this? And a lot of it, a lot of it's kind of out of, out of our control. We, cause, cause especially at public schools, we can't force kids to get tested because we can't, it's, we have, we have to give them a free education. It's, it's in the law that you, that you cannot force them to pay. And then on top of it, you also can't force them to get, to get tested because of HIPAA rules. And then what if they do test positive? They're not forced to say anything because of HIPAA, of HIPAA rules. So it's really hard. And like, as much as I'd love to play a season and as much as I'd love to play, I don't know if there's a right answer. I really don't because there are just so many factors to, from, from, from coaches who are older to, to like, to then like, what about the people that have to do the, the scoreboard at the game? What about the referees? What about the, you know, what about the administrators that have to go to the games? And so I don't know if there's a right answer there. I really don't as much as I'd love to play. Like, I, I don't know if there's a, I don't know if there's a, there's an answer that I could even give um, because you know, it's it's just there's so many so many factors. Tyler, do you got anything else as far as COVID and before we switch gears and get his thoughts on the NBA season so far? Um, well, that's kind of thing I was was wondering. It's more of an opinion thing. Is if you thought there'd be any residual effect to the to these kids, uh, you know, missing a year, you know, seniors, juniors, maybe freshmen. Uh, what's kind of the what's what's the what's this gonna what kind of lasting effect? Does like missing a year of high school ball have? Well, so there already is going to be a major, major effect because of what's and it's a trickle down coming down from from college basketball right now because basically all the kids playing in college in any college sport this is a free year for them they they are going to be able to go back and play again next year regardless of if they played this year or not and so. What happens with that is now you have a whole group of seniors that they don't have to graduate if they they don't have to leave school if they don't want to, which what which which ends up bumping this senior class of high school kids basically out of contention for any type of scholarships that those seniors would be leaving towards. And so you just have this like trickle down effect of like these high school seniors are now going to not have the same type of opportunity as a lot of these as a lot of these you know, the seniors in college are, are that the, the seniors in college have now. And then it's even going to trickle down to the high school juniors because then these seniors are going to be put in the same pool as the juniors because of next of next year because they'll be they'll still be out there and available and they'll probably be just as many good seniors this year as juniors this year. It's just it's it's kind of a mess in terms of getting the opportunities to play in college and um, I really feel I really feel for the for for these seniors and juniors in particular because this trickle down for the 20, 2021 and twenty twenty two classes, you know, it, it could be devastating for a couple of these kids who are kind of marginal who would normally get a you know get an opportunity to play at a junior college or something that aren't going to be able to get that opportunity. Yeah, so true. All right, I I know you're a big NBA fan and obviously you're a Lakers fan. You grew up here in LA. Zach, what have been your 
thoughts on the first week of the NBA season. What teams besides the Lakers are, are you excited to watch this year? So I'm, I'm, I've always been one to kind of think a little outside the box. Like everybody talks about their favorite players in the NBA being like LeBron or AD or KD. Like my favorite player to watch in the NBA right now is, is Jokic. That, that dude <laughs> is a blast from the past. He is like, I mean, he, he is the epitome of, of just skilled basketball. Right. And he, that, that Denver team, if they figure it out, I mean, they, they are dangerous as hell. Like they are super dangerous. Um, but to me, like, how do you beat a deep Laker team like this? Like this, this Laker team, like they're, they're not even playing in, in top gear right now. And they're not even close. they're 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 cruising the wins by 30 plus um you know but but you 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 gotta i mean unfortunately spencer dinwiddie another la guy towards acl but yeah that's a big blow to brooklyn yeah but you know brooklyn's brooklyn's up there um i think miami got better i really like miami um I, I just I just don't believe the Clippers have 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 any any shot. They're just the Clippers, <laughs> um, and and you know I, I I love I love Dame, and I I think obviously Dame is Dame is one of those. He's that dude. I mean he's he's I think he'll be the MVP this year. Um, so I think Portland is Portland Portland will be in the mix. I think the Celtics and the I think the top three or four teams in the East will will be battling it out, which will be like Boston, Miami. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, um, and then uh, in the West, you'll no Philly, I, no Philly. I think to to me, to me, like those four teams just are just have a leg up because Philly is going through like all those coaching changes and different things, and 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 when it comes down to it in the playoffs, you don't have to guard Ben Simmons, like you just don't. Yeah. Um, not if and, he's not going to shoot. And, so, and no, exactly right. And you know, there's just there's just too much too many what ifs with Philly. So I think they're like on the outside looking in. For for me, for me, it's like it's probably the Lakers, the Lakers, the the Lakers, the Blazers, the Clippers, and probably, I mean, when Porzingis comes back, it's probably the Mavs, especially after smacking the Clippers by fifty or whatever. That was, it was. so glorious. Well, it's funny you mentioned Jokic being one of those players that's kind of under the radar that maybe nobody talks about as much as the as the LeBrons and the and the KDs. But is there a team that? is not really getting a lot of buzz this year, but they're going to make a run in the playoffs? Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix. I mean, like, adding Chris Paul to that young core and that young group, like, Devin Booker, Devin Booker is, is I mean, he's he's a stud. DeAndre Ayton, I know he went to Arizona and there was a bunch of stuff that went on about him, but he's, he's a stud too. And the Roids. Chris Paul, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, he's... That that team though, I I believe that team is that that team could probably be like a dark horse Western Conference Finals team. Well, we saw like, what he did with the OKC team and how young that whole roster was, and how I mean they they didn't get far, but a lot of people counted him they out. They made and more that noise team. than people thought they were going to. Yeah. Oh, for sure, they were like point oh two percent chance to make the playoffs, and all of a sudden they made the playoffs. Like it's crazy. So, from a coach's perspective, how would you approach this NBA regular season knowing it was going to be such a quick turnaround for teams like the Lakers and the Heat and, and others who made deep playoff runs in the bubble? Like, would would you 
kind of do what the Lakers are doing? Like, obviously, the Lakers have a luxury of having a deep team and they can kind of get away with it. But what would be your approach uh, with kind of either coasting during the regular season or really ramping up full force during during the regular season? Well, it kind of depends what position I'm in, right? Like, if I'm the Lakers, yes, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to figure out what my what I got from my from my new guys and kind of give LeBron and AD a little bit of a little bit of time to kind of get in the mix and kind of play the new guys, especially Taylor Horton Tucker. That dude's that dude's going to be a stud. Ooh. Like to to kind of give those guys some time to to really evolve and put themselves in the mix there. Um, but if but if I, if I'm a, if I'm a team like like Phoenix or if I'm a team like Utah even or you know like one of these younger teams like Char- I don't know if you've seen Charlotte like Charlotte came out the gates hot like Terry Rozier had 40 in his first game you know if I'm if I'm one of those kind he of teams on KD. Like, yeah like he's I mean like those kind of teams the younger teams you want to get out to a good start so that you're so that your younger guys believe that you know hey this is something like, this is kind of something moving forward um you know the, the like even like a team like New Orleans like like Brandon Ingram's having a uh, having a career year already, um, and you know, kind of, kind of having a, a, a teams like that that need to get some wins to kind of establish some momentum to kind of move themselves forward. Who aren't very veteran heavy that need that need that extra push, um, especially because you know Brandon Ingram and those guys and some of these young guys are like not even 22, 23 yet, and you kind of need those wins to kind of push yourself forward, um, especially without much of a preseason with such a short layoff and. Like I, I would, I would definitely if like like if I'm a younger team, I'm coming trying to come out the gates hot. I'm trying to I'm trying to create that momentum for myself. But if I'm an older team that won a championship or an older team that's kind of been been around the block, you know, kind of trusting my old my my old my old heads, but kind of giving my young bucks some 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 like wiggle room, you know. Um, no, I mean, shit, shout it out to the Hornets and the Pelicans, you know, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um. No, I mean, I I think that that's pretty much that's that's pretty much all I got. I don't know, Zach. Did you do you have anything else you wanted to to touch on? I know. Um, I mean, the NBA. How about some of the NBA players you coached together. Oh yeah, I, sorry, I I forgot about that. Oh, so so there there's one. He was he was drafted in the lottery this year, and it just so happened I was coaching club ball. I was coaching for Cali Rebels club basketball, and I had a decent team. We ended up like beating a couple a couple pretty good teams and all of a sudden like we're playing in the Compton Magic Memorial Tournament and all of a sudden our first our first round game after pool play we're playing against Compton Magic and what do you know who the starting the starting lineup for Compton Magic was Big O Onyeka Okongwu <laughs> um, the Mobley brothers so Evan and Isaiah Mobley who are both starting at USC Jules Bernard who's starting at um, who's starting at UCLA and Javon Blackshear, who's starting at um, at at GCU, I sh- I swear to God, Big O had a quadruple double. I mean, it, he was a freak of nature, and this was this was his freshman going into sophomore year. I mean, he was a freak. It was it was unbelievable, and I like I'm looking at my guys, and I'm like trying to figure out ways for us to get back in this game, and I'm like, there's no way. Like Big Big O literally took over the game from start to finish. He had 23 points, and like. 18 rebounds and 15 blocks and, you know, 12 – it was ridiculous. He was just, a, a, like, a head and shoulders above everybody else. Um, 
that that was that was like the first the first glimpse that I'm like, yeah, this guy's league, you know, he's league bound. Um, yeah. Then did you run into? Then, did you ever run into any Seattle teams? Um, we played one year. We played Friends of Hoop. Um, Friends of Hoop. Yeah. Hoop they were pretty solid. Um, we, then the the next year we played um, Team Levine, which is Zach Levine's. Uh, well, Zach Levine's team had had a had a group. He because he had he had a, I think his his high school coach had a had a team. I'm not sure if it was his high school coach or his old club coach. Um, but Ro- Rotary uh, was a Rotary's still around. Um, Rotary, but Rotary's an EYBL team, and Cali Rebels was a yeah, was a was, a, was an Adidas team. So yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, friends of Hoop, so, they're, 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 I'm from Seattle. They're legendary. George Carl started yeah, them in the 90s. Yeah, they're really good. Like, really good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, like, I like I remember we went to Vegas that same summer, and it was just so happened to be the summer where LaMelo was playing Zion on the court right next door to us. And, <laughs> like, it was the craziest thing ever. I think, Eric, I think we, we like, we talked about it last week. We're, like, we're, like, even my players' parents weren't watching our game. I like, mean, yeah, they, they had like a hundred thousand people on Facebook. Yeah, that I mean, I remember watching that game on Facebook. That that gym was like standing room only. So I mean, if you had a game going on and your parents were turned around, that's that's wild. Well, I I, I swear to God, it was it was it was at it was in Vegas. It was at the convention center in Vegas, and. Their court had like these massive stands and stuff, and then like our court was behind the stands. <laughs> like it was behind the stands. We we got thrown in the back corner. Oh, and and oh, and, and it just so happens you you have to go play like Compton Magic's second team in the back corner and get smacked by thirty while your parents aren't even watching. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh man. Well, Zach, I don't, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I really appreciate you coming on. I know this is uh, obviously talking about what coaching has been like during the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, what it's been like has been uh, near and dear to your heart because it's, it's affecting not just you, but also the, the kids that you're coaching every day. So uh, I know you wanted to, to talk about it and kind of spread the word, and I'm happy to have been able to help you out with that. So uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we, we really appreciate it, man. I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for having me. Um, and thank you for, for interviewing me. Appreciate it. All right, Jacob, let's uh, let's uh, hit the gridiron. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here, so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl. Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's my quarterback. So I just want to thank our special guest one more time, head varsity basketball coach of the Northwood High School Timberwolves in Irvine, California, Zach Johnson. Uh, he's a good family friend of mine. And uh, it was a it was a fun conversation, and uh, definitely got to learn a lot about what it's like to have to coach high school basketball during a uh, global pandemic, and it's uh, something we hadn't covered here on the TSK show yet during uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic. And I thought it was uh, going to be a fun 
fun and interesting way to to close 2020 but another chapter of 2020 also closed this past weekend and it was the 2020 tsk show fantasy football league season and tyler the commissioner and no bias here by me saying that just it's just a fact he's the commissioner um but he also was first place and ended up dun -dun -dun -dun. i should have had you damn it i should have had you get like champion music oh, or something do, all you have to do is let me know i don't know why i didn't even think of that uh, till just now oh, damn last it. minute no scar you might have a feature in acapella i think you nailed it <laughs> all right i'll do it again the the winner of the 2020 season for the tsk show fantasy football league is dun -dun -dun -dun, tyler pacholke tyler congratulations brother yeah man you know it was uh the second best championship of the weekend. Okay, all right, all right. You know what? You had to lead with that. I, I had to. Did when you think I, he was going to do something else? I don't know. I didn't when know where I, he was going. You know, when I when I introed and I said I was feeling like a champ. You know, I forgot about the fantasy football championship too. <laughs> oh, you weren't even talking about the fantasy football league championship. You were talking about the NFC West division championship. That's what I'm talking about, baby. <laughs> oh man. So, all right. So, how how did it, your your matchup go? Uh, was it a blowout? Uh, my Mike Evans, baby. Yes. Um, it was a good win. I mean, I won by twenty. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was. I had some good separation uh, most of Sunday after. Well, I mean, really after Mike Evans, I had some good separation. Um, who else? There was. Was it was it Jonathan Taylor uh, two touchdowns? Yeah, yeah, it was it, Jonathan what? Taylor. So so those so Jonathan Taylor and and Mike Evans really came and showed out for me in the championship. And uh, also, I got to I got to give it to Baker, my boy Baker Mayfield. <laughs> uh, I was playing against him. He knew it. You know, he he's on my side. He listens to the show. He knows I'm a fan. So it didn't help. He didn't he, have four receivers, Tyler. So he went out there and threw the game against the Jets for <laughs> his boy, uh, and I took home the bacon. Yep, you did, and and you're bringing the trophy back home. Um, Bring so it. Yep, yep. It's uh, it's nice, and I'm I'm definitely looking forward to next season. It's it's going to be fun. We're expanding the league. We got two more two more guys coming in, and uh, I'm not keeping any of my keepers, so I'm going to have a fresh team. So it's a it's going to be a fresh start for me in 2021. Yep. No, I can't wait. Only eight more months. <laughs> yes. Now, all right. Eight more months until the TSK Show Fantasy Football League, but uh, now it's almost time to get into the power rankings for the last week of the regular season. But before we do that, I have to tell you about Fitness Ablaze Training Center located in Olympia, Washington. Fitness Ablaze Training Center provided cl provides clients with professionally designed fitness and or nutrition programs. They have programs for all ages, athletic ability, and for anyone interested in improving their overall performance and quality of life. Program options include personal training, semi-private training, team and group training, nutrition coaching, and online slash remote coaching. TSK Show listeners can get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your first month of training just by mentioning TSK Show. Enter promo code TSK Show at fitnessablaze.com to get either a seven-day free trial or 30% off your first month of training. That's promo code TSK show to check out 
That's promo code TSK show at checkout from fitnessablaze.com. All right, Tyler. Week 17 is here. Give the power rankings to us one last time for the 2020 season. Yeah, one last time. Just still, you know, something these teams have been rocking the whole way. There's always trouble at the top, though. So this week I'm going number 10. I'm going with Indianapolis Colts. Uh, coming off of a loss to the Steelers at 10-5. and five. Um, I know they're coming off a loss, but it was to one of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, and I do believe that this team, uh, yeah, they're on the outside looking in right now. But uh, I would really like to see them get in. They need a lot of help from other teams to get in. Uh, but I, I want to see them get in because I think that they can actually be a threat to actually win a game. I mean, they have a veteran quarterback and a well-rounded football team, and they could run the, run the ball. Uh, coming at number nine, a similar team. I got Tennessee Titans at 10-5 ten, ten coming off of a loss to Green Bay. Again, losing to a pretty good Green Bay team in the snow at Lambeau in December. Um, so I didn't take that away from them too much. Uh, they're still they're, – they're an AFC playoff team, I believe. And uh, But I think their road stops there. I mean, I do like that they can run the ball. They got a stud in Derrick Henry, but they're just not that scary team that I think is, is a threat to really, you know, take that next step and make a run to the AFC Championship game. Uh, coming at number eight, I got another 10-5 and five team, the Baltimore Ravens coming off a win against the Giants. They seem to have right the ship. Um, kind of like I believed all season, you know, I, would, I thought that they would be in this position at the end to, uh, you know, they have their, their hands on the steering wheel, get into the playoffs, win this game. Um and I do not want to play Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I mean, they're, you know what they can do on defense, and you know what Lamar Jackson can do on offense. So they're a scary team. They've had a bumpy ride, but um, they're where they need to be. Uh, coming at number seven, I got Tampa Bay. Come off the win uh, against Detroit. You know, Tampa Bay has kind of been in the middle of this top ten all year because they're Tom Brady. They've got all the names on offense, but they've been – even in week 17, they're just still fine-tuning this machine. Uh, every week they've gotten better, and I think it'll continue into the playoffs. Uh, now, coming at number six is kind of probably the surprise on my list, uh, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, they're coming off a, they went a three-game losing streak after going 11 and0. They had a, they were down big 17 to the Colts. Now they did come back and win that game. But I really just don't feel good about the Steelers going into this last week and ultimately into the playoffs. They're going to sit Big Ben against the Browns, um, and then they're going to come into the to the playoffs, you know, off kind of after like a, a, a like a preseason game type of scenario. So they're just in a bad spot. Uh, I think this is the worst they've played all year. So that's never what you want to hear going into the playoffs. Uh, but they're still the Pittsburgh Steelers, still Big Ben, still Mark Tom, Tomlin. Uh, now, coming at number five, I got the NFC West champs, the Seattle Seahawks, 11-4, come off the win against Los Angeles. Um, I think Seattle's just as good of a threat to win the Super Bowl as any – or I shouldn't even say win the Super Bowl. Seattle's as good of a threat to beat Kansas City as anybody. Um, I think Russell Wilson and their pedigree – what they've done in the playoffs, they've got a ton of experience um, that plays in their favor. And unlike the Steelers, they're trending in the up direction. Now at number four, I got the Buffalo Bills. 
I would kind of say not necessarily the surprise of the year, um, but definitely took a bigger step than everyone I think assumed. Uh, at twelve and three, beat up on Big Bro New England, swept him for the first time since '99. Uh, Buffalo is, I think, most people's favorite as an AFC challenger to to Kansas City with Josh Allen. So it is the cold weather months, which only favors them. And uh, you know, I wouldn't want to play the Buffalo Bills in the first round in the cold. Uh, coming in number three, I got the New Orleans Saints coming off a big win against Minnesota. Alvin Kamara. I mean, what can you say? Oh my goodness! I, I, can't, I can't say anything else this week about New Orleans outside of Alvin Kamara. My goodness, <laughs> you're a bad man. You're, you're a bad man. I mean, that's just unreal. Most touchdowns by a running back in in, in NFL history with six of them tags. And then at number two, I got Green Bay. Rodgers really did that MVP campaign thing that we talked about so much before the season started. Um, after Jordan Love was drafted, he, he, he went ahead and did it. Um, they're the favorite of the NFC right now. And especially now, there's some scenarios where they're not the number one seed. But if they're the number one seed and, all, you know, the New Orleans, the Seattles, the Tampas of the world got to go to Lambeau in January, um, that's bad news. Um, and so maybe the best home field advantage of the playoffs in, in the NFL and then number one, uh, Mahomes, the Chiefs, uh, just clear clear favorites to win the championship. Uh, maybe one of the best football teams I've ever seen. Is that why? Was that wire to wire? Were they number one all year? I think it was. No, I think it was wire to wire because even when Pittsburgh jumped out to to like a good start, I never once put Pittsburgh. And I can't see myself. I actually um, listened to week one today because <laughs> I wanted to hear what my, you know, week one power rankings were compared to week 17 and Kansas city was number one week one. Okay. Well, I mean, I, uh, we, we're, we're probably going to have to go back and double check, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that's wire to wire. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see why they wouldn't. I don't think I, you know, if they started at number one, I definitely didn't take them down after their first loss, and I never put Pittsburgh at number one. So, and it took uh, it took I you a while to put Pittsburgh in the top five, even. Yeah. Um, so Pittsburgh, like I said, week one, I did not have Pittsburgh in my top ten. Um, but you have to remember the last Pittsburgh Steelers football I saw was without Big Ben, and Big Ben had a non-contact injury in his throwing elbow. Yeah. And so. I was I was skeptical. I, I I definitely slept on the Steelers. I didn't think that they could uh, they could get it done. I thought they were a different team, and I thought they were a 500 football team with with a banged up Roethlisberger. Um, so yeah, I mean I definitely definitely missed on those guys. Yeah, but all right, why don't you run it back one last time? The Week 17 TSK Show Power Rankings. All right, I'm going Kansas City, Green Bay, New Orleans, Buffalo, Seattle. They got Pittsburgh, Tampa, Baltimore, Tennessee, and Indianapolis. All right. And so, Jacob, you weren't here last week. How did you do for week uh, 15? Well, these last two weeks have not been great for me. So, week 15, 9 and 7, and then this past week, 9 and 7. Okay. So, what is your overall record now? Overall, I'm 156 and 84. Okay. 156 and 84. Tyler, how did you do last week, my friend? 
I'm ten. I went ten and six. Okay. And I'm now one fifty eight and eighty two. One fifty eight and eighty two. So one fifty six and eighty four. One fifty eight and eighty two. Eighty two. Tyler, you went ten and six last week. I also went ten and six last week. My overall record is Tyler. Get ready for the sound effects. Dun da da da. One sixty one and seventy nine. So wait. So hold up. So seventeen don't count. Well. Hey, I can't make a. Yeah, we, yeah, a we can't make a ground in this last week. Well, you can. I'm just saying. For now, I wanted the sound effect. Don't don't <laughs> don't count your chickens before the eggs hatch. Hey, listen, that's what the Rams did, but and we'll get to that. I I have quite the mouthful for them. I I'm very upset with them, but we'll we'll get to them in a minute. Um, so all right, so bunch of schmucks. Yeah, they were a bunch of schmucks. You you got that right, Tyler. Um. Uh, so, all right, so 161 and 79 for me. Tyler, your record overall? 158-82. Jacob? 156 and 84. All right. So, going into the last week, I'm in first place, and, and there's some ground to did be we, made up. Now, did we put money on this or anything like that? Or no, is it just, but we— Or is it just pride? It, it it's just pride. It's just oh, been okay, pride. Well. We can make it a bet if you want. You well, it's a little late now. No, there's one week left. It's ride it all on the no, last I think, week. I think I think well, this year I we mean, go with pride, got, and then the years following yeah. we got to go with money or something. We, we can okay Some trophies. There's got to be something that's that's enticing that like really gets us. Tyler's like, gonna have to say ten more nice things about Duke. There literally isn't ten more things. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah, that that was unbearable for him, a, so there's got to be a maximum of like maybe 14 good things in duke history all right <laughs> i said 10 of them okay well all right let's uh let's see who will end up on top uh for the picks of the week for the 2020 season uh all the games this week are on sunday there's no thursday night football because it's new year's eve and uh, there's no monday night football this week so all the games are on Sunday, and we're going to kick it off with the Miami Dolphins at 10-5 and five, going to Buffalo to take on the number four team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the 12-3 and three Buffalo Bills. Miami, they're coming off the crazy win against Las Vegas. Tua got benched, but he's now starting this game against Buffalo. Uh, obviously, Ryan Fitzpatrick had the crazy uh, throw at the end of the game where his face mask was being grabbed, and it twisted his face like halfway around his neck and i don't know i'm still trying to process how he he made that throw uh without being able to see who was it that said that it was the best no look pass it was Mahomes. oh he said he yeah said it was the best that's not surprise me yeah, he said i know i'm late on this but this is the best no look pass all season yeah oh 100 i mean i i know matt stafford had one a, a couple of weeks ago but just the way Fitzpatrick's happened. Yeah, he was getting pulled down by the face mask. And just the meaning of the play that it was. Uh, I think it takes the cake. I, I agree with Patty Mahomes. Uh, and then on the opposite side, the Bills, they blew out New England on Monday Night Football. Like Tyler said, it was the first time they swept. Uh, I believe you said it was, what, 1999, Tyler? Yes, sir. So uh, Buffalo taking care of big brother New England uh, for the first time in a long time. Uh, so Buffalo, like Tyler said, I think is one of the surprises this year. 
in the NFL with how good they have been. And uh, there's – I know the division is locked up, but Miami is still playing for something. Uh, so uh, I just think that Buffalo ends up playing spoiler just because uh, they are that good. I think that, yeah, some teams that have locked up their playoff position or uh, at least a berth, maybe not the exact seed, but they know they're at least going to be in the playoffs. They might take a rest. But I think a team like Buffalo, because they're young, they got some new pieces like Stefan Diggs, who had a historic year uh, for Buffalo. I think he had the most receiving yards in franchise history for a season this season. Um, and catches. Yeah. And, and the first person in franchise history to lead the league in either category. There you go. So I think Buffalo is the c- kind of team that needs to stay – on a roll going into the playoffs. So I think they're going to need to to make a statement here against Miami, who also is having a surprise year that, that no one really saw coming. Uh, but I, I got Buffalo in this matchup. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I got Buffalo as well. I mean, I think you're right. You know, they're, they're not a team that's been there, done that. This is in Pittsburgh. This is in Green Bay. This is in New Orleans. This isn't even Seattle. I mean, this is uh, they're they're hot now. Their time is now. They're the dangerous team. Um, so I do think that this game, you know, they come out strong and win, even though Miami has more to play for. Yeah, I gotta go with the Bills. I think whatever the Dolphins have, because sometimes they they get these these magic wins, and sometimes it is because they play tough. But I can't bet against the Bills on this one. Yep. All right, the next matchup is the number eight team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Baltimore Ravens at 10-5. and five. They're going to Cincinnati, who is 4-10-1. Baltimore, they're coming off a win against the New York Giants, and then the Bengals, they beat the Houston Texans 37-31 to 31 over the weekend. Baltimore, they have a lot to play for, so I think uh, they are going to come out guns blazing. Uh, obviously, Cincinnati is an inferior team to Baltimore, uh, so I got Baltimore winning this game, and that would obviously clinch a playoff berth for Baltimore. Uh, so I got uh, I got Baltimore. Tyler, what about you? I have Baltimore as well. Um, yeah, superior product here. Jacob, yeah, I got to go with the Ravens on this one as well. <laughs> All right, here's a here's a game where I think uh, we disagree. And uh, Tyler, you had so much great stuff to say about Baker. I was surprised to not see Cleveland in your top 10. But uh, they are at home against the number six team in the uh, in the TSK show power rankings, the 12 and three Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh, they had a comeback win over Indianapolis to end a three game losing three game losing streak after starting the season undefeated. Uh, Big Ben is going to sit like Tyler said and Mason Rudolph will get the start. Cleveland, they lost to the New York Jets unbelievably, but obviously they had four receivers on the COVID list, so there was that, and that obviously attributed to Baker Mayfield's lack of production. Cleveland, they obviously have something to play for. They're still fighting for uh, a playoff spot. If Baltimore loses and Cleveland wins, that obviously flip-flops them, and I believe Cleveland would take that wild-card spot. Uh, But with Big Ben out and Mason Rudolph getting the start. This is a revenge game for Mason Rudolph. We all remember what happened last year uh, when these two teams met this late in the season and uh, Mason Rudolph was under center and Miles Garrett was opposite him on the other side of the line of scrimmage. So I got Pittsburgh winning this game. 
uh, for Mason Rudolph. They they definitely need the momentum going into the playoffs. Uh, I completely agree with Tyler that this year, although uh, they were undefeated, these last few weeks have definitely been concerning for the Steelers and a team like they are and what they have been this season, they can't afford to go into the playoffs coming off a loss, I think. So I got Pittsburgh winning this game. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I understand sitting Ben just because of, you know, they're they're nothing without him. He needs it, too. He is so fragile. Um, But, you know, Cleveland's going to win this game, no doubt. (laughs) I knew you were going with him. Well, this is where he he makes up the ground on the year, uh, what is it, your 10-6 and week that you had. Yes. Yep. Mason Rudolph is a 500 or below guy. Um, And and Baker's – that was that was. I'm not going to put it on Baker for the loss. Like I said, he listens to the show. He wanted to help me out in fantasy. Shout out Baker um, for listening to the CSK show. Yeah, you know it was the right week. You know he had the excuse of all the receivers being out. Um, they they got. I think Miles Garrett, Baker both have big games um, against the Steelers team. This is another. I think what you saw Buffalo do to to New England. Um, on Monday night, this is this could be the same. This could be Pittsburgh looks really bad right now. They're playing really bad. So maybe the Browns take advantage of this and really beat up on them. Uh, because if they lose this game, there's a there's a there's a outcome where the Browns don't make the playoffs. Oh yeah, uh, there's so it, and it's very that, possible. And and if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you just think that that's absolutely what's going to happen uh, because you have PTSD. Uh, from being a Browns fan your whole life. So uh, I think Cleveland is going to come out and take care of biz. Jacob? Uh, Regardless of the Steelers' shaky last couple weeks, I still got to go with them in this game. I think all these top-tier teams are fighting for seeding, so I think that they pick this win up. All right. The next matchup is uh, two teams that are not in the playoff race any longer, the Minnesota Vikings at 6-9 and and the Detroit Lions at 5-10. and Minnesota, they couldn't keep up with New Orleans over the weekend. They lost 52-39. to Obviously, they went up against Alvin Kamara. Um, but um, this week, they the Minnesota Vikings are going to be without their star running back, Dalvin Cook. Uh, unfortunately, his father passed away, so he left the team immediately and uh, went back home to Miami. And uh, even if he were to have come back before Sunday, before game time, there just wouldn't have been enough time given the COVID-19 health and safety protocols uh, and quarantine guidelines and all of that for him to have been active for the game. So uh, Dalvin Cook will not be with the team for the, the last week of the season, but ultimately Minnesota's season is essentially over because they don't have any playoff hopes. Uh, but they are going to Detroit to take on the Lions, who are 5-10. and 10. And the Lions, they're coming off a 40-point loss to Tampa Bay. Uh, Detroit, they've had a whirlwind of a season firing their head coach and GM. Uh, so I got to go with Minnesota winning this game. They still have Adam Thielen and uh, Justin Jefferson as uh, two dynamic receivers uh, on the outside for Kirk Cousins. So I got Minnesota winning this game. What about you, Tyler? I have got the Detroit Lions <laughs> winning this game. We love because it. I don't. I don't think there's any win in Minnesota sales right now. You know, I think that they gave it a good effort to get into the playoffs and they fell short. 
whereas Detroit season's kind of been over for a while. I think these guys are playing uh, for next year and for uh, for more jobs. They're at home. You know, I'm going to go with Detroit on this one. It's a toss-up. Well, I got to go with the Vikings, even though Kirk Cousins still scares the hell out of me. So You just can never trust him. I, I, no, I can't. There's a couple quarterbacks I can't trust. He's definitely one of them. All right, the next matchup we got is the New York Jets at 2-13. and 13. They're on a two-game winning streak after beating the Browns, and uh, they are officially out of the Trevor Lawrence race. They're going to New England to take on the Patriots, who are 6-9. and nine. The Patriots, they got blown out on Monday night against Buffalo, 38-9, to nine, and obviously this is uh, the first time since, uh, what was it, 2011 when Brady tore his ACL and Matt Castle had to take over, Tyler? Is that correct 2011 2008 2008 I believe okay yeah 2008 that was the last time the the Patriots didn't make the playoffs um it was 1943 (laughs) feels it honestly 2008 feels like 1943 that that's how long ago it feels uh given 2020 2020 has felt like forever jeez I'm so happy it's almost over it feels like four years what is it what is what is it like What's today's date? Like March twenty eighth, the thirtieth. <laughs> it feel no, it feels like March twenty eighth. Yeah. Um, but no, hey, r- real quick, quick sidebar: the fact that we are doing picks of the week for week seventeen for the NFL, we didn't think the NFL was going to even play their season. So, hey, kudos to the NFL for somehow pulling it off. And faced a lot of adversity. I mean, they had a ton. Of, they had they had a game where. Uh, a team didn't have quarterbacks. They had a team go out there with no coaches. They had a team go out there with no wide receivers. I mean, it didn't matter what. what we had the NFL games on through. Tuesday, Wednesdays, every day of the week. Yeah, all seven, all seven days. Yeah, it was crazy. But anyway, back to the Jets and the Patriots. Um, I got the Patriots winning this game just off of Bill Belichick alone. Uh, and the Jets, I don't think they want to win any more games. You don't think lucky number three? <laughs> no, Adam Gase is done after this, or at least, uh, at least that's what all all indications are. Um, Tyler, do you have the Patriots winning as well? I got the Patriots winning. Jacob, I got the Patriots. Okay, all right. The next matchup is the Dallas Cowboys at six and nine. They're going to take on the New York Giants, who are five and ten. The Cowboys, they beat the Eagles 37-17. to And then the Giants, they lost to Baltimore 27-13. to This game has quite the playoff implications. And uh, let me scroll to it real quick. So first off, I'll just read Dallas's. If for Dallas to clinch the NFC East division title, Dallas has to win the Washington football team has to lose or tie or Dallas has to tie and the Washington football team has to lose. Uh, The New York Giants, uh, however, are out of playoff contention. So there's that. Or no, no, the New York Giants, there's somehow a way for them to get in, right? Yeah, if the Giants win and D.C. loses, yeah. they're in. Yes. So both, so basically this game, both teams need to win, and they need something from the they need something from D.C. Well, they need D.C. Both now, teams need to win, and D.C. needs to lose. Exactly. So, 
uh, DC's game is, you know, ultimately kind of the driver game. But both these teams need a win to get in. Yeah. They're both alive. They both need a does. They both need DC to yeah. lose or tie. Yeah, sorry. I, I quickly scrolled past it. There was an ad that went over the top of it, <laughs> so I didn't see it. Um, There's always an ad. Always. Nothing's free in life now these days. But, all right, um, I got Dallas winning this game. They they looked good uh, against Philly. Obviously, getting a 20-point win, uh, I think, is uh, rare to come by in Dallas these days. Uh, and I think Andy Dalton and Ezekiel Elliott are, are kind of going to want to prove that this season wasn't a waste for them all that much, even though it was uh, quite an up-and-down year for, for the Cowboys as, as a whole. So I, I got Dallas winning this game. Uh, I think New York is uh, a little bit too young and inexperienced. So, yeah, I mean, it's this game is it's really tough to call. I just the NFC East, no one knows what the hell is going to happen with it. So I'm I'm going to go with Dallas, but who who knows what's going to happen? Tyler, what about you? Yeah, it is really hard game to fake. Um, I'm going to go with Dallas as well. Andy Dalton is a pretty serviceable backup quarterback. Um, and, and they, you know, they still have do have some things going for them. Uh, you know, the Giants did. I think both these teams won more games than you would have expected from the start. And also, a side note: no matter what team from the NFC East uh, makes it into the playoffs, it'll be the first team in NFL history to start two and seven and and make the playoffs. Cause yeah, all these teams. Yeah, I think it. I think the record was like Owen two hundred fifty eight or something like that, or two hundred thirty eight, something like that. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, no matter how you look at it, uh, we got the first team to ever start two and seven and make the playoffs. And all of these teams, either way, the the team that's coming out of the NFC East is going to be under five hundred. Such a horrible division. I hate this division. <laughs> Well, this, who do you who do you have winning this game? Well, there's two there's two matchups in this shitty division, and that's the Cowboys and Giants, and then the other one that, that we're going to get to. But yeah, they're all playing each uh, other this weekend. Yeah, this is bad. I got to go with the Giants on this one. Okay, all right, yeah. Could create I, some separation. I, at this point, I don't really don't care <laughs> if I if I lose either of those <laughs> NFC East games. I'm fine with it. All right, the next matchup uh, we're going to go to the NFC South. We got the Atlanta Falcons at four and eleven. They're going to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers, the number seven team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, who are 10-5. and five. The Falcons, they almost beat Kansas City, uh, but they ended up losing by three, 17-14. And then Tampa Bay, they blew out Detroit 47-7. Mike Evans had the huge game that helped Tyler win the championship of the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. Uh, I got Tampa Bay winning this game. There's still some seeding. Uh, in the NFC to be determined. So they obviously are going to, I think, try and put their best effort forward in this game. I think with all of the new pieces around Tom Brady and obviously Tom Brady being new to Tampa Bay, they need to get as much time on the field as possible together. So uh, I think this is a blowout win for Tampa Bay again. So, uh, yeah, I got I got Tampa Bay. Tyler, what about you? I got Tampa Bay winning, and I'd like to note that if they win 11-5, and five, that's pretty good for a team that's been trying to figure it out all year. Yeah. Yeah, I got them winning this game, too. I think towards this 
latter end of this season, I think you're starting to see the playoff Brady, and that's pretty scary. Yeah. No, I mean, 47 to 7. I mean, Detroit, it's obviously an inferior team, but 47 to 7, that's a statement. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's exactly what that game is. It's not, it's not to, to get things back on track. It's just, it's a statement that, hey, we're coming for the playoffs. Yeah. And speaking of coming for the playoffs, uh, we got the number two team in the TSK show power rankings, the Green Bay Packers at 12 and 3. They're going to the Windy City to Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears at 8 and 7. Green Bay, they crushed Tennessee 40 to 14 on Sunday Night Football. Like Tyler said when he was talking about them in the power rankings, Rodgers, I think he solidified the MVP uh, over the weekend against Tennessee. He just has been absolutely incredible. When there was, uh, when the decision to draft Jordan Love was announced uh, on draft night, everyone questioned it and everyone thought that Rodgers was maybe done in Green Bay. They were counting him out. They were questioning why didn't they get him any more weapons. And look what he has done with this team. He has them as in my opinion, the best team in the NFC this season. And he's put up the numbers that I don't think anybody was expecting with the weapons that he had around him coming into this season. So, yeah, I mean, Rodgers has been incredible this year. And to me, he's the MVP. Uh, Green Bay, they also claimed Snacks Harrison off of waivers. Tyler, I don't know if you saw that after uh, Seattle let go of Harrison. Yes. Yep, I did see that. Okay, just making sure. And then uh, we're a, we're a well we're a well oiled machine. <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, back to Green Bay. They they're taking on Chicago. Chicago they crushed Jacksonville forty one to seventeen, and Chicago they need to make the playoffs, or or they need to win to make the playoffs, or Arizona needs to lose against the Los Angeles Rams, who we'll get to in a little bit. Um, but I am a dedicated listener to the Pat McAfee show and Aaron Rodgers has come on once a week, every single week, this NFL season, uh, with Pat and it's just been incredible conversations. And they talked about this game, uh, this week against Chicago and Rogers straight up said one, he loves playing at soldier field. He loves playing in Chicago. He loves the the history and the rivalry between the Packers and the Bears. And the Packers, they know that if they win this game, that the NFC is going to have to come through Lambeau. And, Tyler, you mentioned it in the power rankings. That means a lot. And that means a lot to this Packers team, according to Aaron Rodgers. So I think, like Tampa Bay, they're going to co- want to come out and make a statement against Chicago and that. I think Green Bay is going to help out Los Angeles uh, squeak into the playoffs somehow, but uh, I'm a I'm rooting big time for for the Packers for sure, and uh, I got oh, the Packers. I, bet you are. <laughs> I got the Packers winning this game uh, because uh, Rodgers won. I think uh, he's going to solidify it for sure, the MVP in Week 17. If if Week 16 didn't, and the Packers they want that number one seed, man. Yeah, I think, you know, I think this is going to be a good football game because Chicago, their life's on the line. Green Bay, I mean, I, you know, like you said, Lambo's everything. 
Um, so to get that home field advantage, that first round bye is crucial uh, to make teams go through there. So uh, I do like Green Bay getting the edge. Um, but as much as I like Green Bay, and much as I really, I, I'm not a huge Bears fan, this is probably going to be a pretty good game. Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is playing for his career, you know. Yeah, uh, Chicago's playing for their season. So, and how well? How much do you trust Mitch Trubisky with Chicago's mm-hmm. season? That's ultimately the question. Not a lot. I don't trust him enough to beat Green Bay. Not at all. So. Jacob, no, you put it best. Uh, Aaron Rodgers this season has been a lock, and he's had my approval for MVP. And so I think this game is just another win in their in their column. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is the Las Vegas Raiders at seven and eight. They're going to Denver to take on the five and ten Broncos. The Raiders, like we said, they lost to the Dolphins in that crazy finish. Uh, there were obviously questions about Gruden going for the field goal when he could have gone for the touchdown. I don't know, Tyler, if you want to speak on that in a second. Um, obviously, from a football perspective, uh, because. There was still time on the clock. I think it was about 19 seconds, and it's like you can't really get off two plays and get in field goal range really in 19 seconds unless something crazy like a 40-yard bomb and a a 15-yard roughing the passer face mask call gets uh, penalty gets called. Um, And then the Broncos they they couldn't find a way to beat the Chargers. They lost 19 to 16. I got Vegas winning this game. I think that uh, obviously. Gruden's going to want to bounce back from how the the Miami game ended and and Denver they just they can't really get it together this this year. They lost Vaughn Miller before the season started to an Achilles tear and that that ultimately was the kiss of death for their season. Uh so so I got the Raiders uh finishing the season at 500. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, uh I like the Raiders to come out and win. Um but I mean basically you just the strategy was like he's not going to make that play. Uh, so you trust your defense. Um, and if Fitzpatrick doesn't morph into Fitzmatrick, Fitzmagic, you win that game. <laughs> Fitzmatrick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Uh, he turned into Fitzmagic, man. I mean, yeah, I it was think unbelievable. The coaching was sound. The coaching was sound. It was by the book, um, which is, you know, when, when you go by the book, it doesn't work out you know, people tend to kind of uh, burn you at the stake because they feel like you should have been more aggressive for the win uh, and it didn't work out. Um, And that's kind of the case here. But really, he played it safe. Um, And he said that he would make the same call every time. Yeah. Jacob, who you got in this game? I thought I was going to take the Raiders, but I actually got to go with the Broncos on this one. Okay. Yeah. All right. The next matchup we got is the AFC South. We got the Jacksonville Jaguars at one and fourteen. They lost to Chicago forty-one to seventeen. They're going up to Indianapolis to take on the number ten team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Indianapolis Colts at ten and five, who lost to Pittsburgh by four. Indianapolis's playoff uh, situation looks like this: Indianapolis basically clinches a playoff berth. They have to win. And Baltimore has to lose or tie, or Indianapolis has to win, and Cleveland has to lose or tie, or Indianapolis has to win, and Miami has to lose or tie, and then there's a couple tie scenarios, which we we won't even get into because 
nobody likes playing for ties. And then also, if Indianapolis wins and Tennessee loses uh, or ties, uh, that means Indianapolis would clinch the AFC South. Or if Indianapolis ties and Tennessee loses, that would also clinch I mean, the AFC South for the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. It, you know, you got to take it from a player's perspective, and that's it's it's one week. You got one opponent in front of you. You got to win your game. Hundred percent. Everything else is out, everything else is out of their controls. Wins, losses, ties, whatever. Um, All that matters is they got to win their game. If they win the game, they've got a chance to be AFC South champs, uh, and, and and in doing so, uh, be a playoff team. So um, they're worried about Jacksonville. And winning that game because that's 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 all they can do. So and it should be it should be an easy win unless Jacksonville. I mean, I don't think they're going to want to yeah. screw themselves out of Trevor Lawrence. No, it's really going to be interesting to see if Cincinnati or 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 Jacksonville, you know, or or you know, who, who is the other one? Houston. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see if one of those teams or shows Philly. Up and, or Philly, uh, it'd be interesting to see if one of those teams show up and, and kind of really mess up this whole playoff picture because it's pretty predictable. Um, as you know, most of these AFC, as far as the AFCs, uh, most of these matchups favor the teams in the driving uh, in the driver's seat. So Indianapolis is the outside looking in. So you know, as of today, unfortunately, I think they're going to end up missing the playoffs. But it, it definitely it could also be Miami. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got Indianapolis winning this game. Uh, they know that they got to take care of business. I think Philip Rivers doesn't want his uh, his career to to end like this. I, I'm not saying he's retiring. I just I I don't think he's gonna want to end this season uh, by not making the playoffs after everything that the Colts have been through. Tyler, what about you? I got I, I got Indy winning for sure. Jacob, yeah, I got the Colts. Ja- J- Jacksonville's got the number one pick locked up. Yeah, Tall gravy. All right, the next matchup is the Los Angeles Chargers at six and nine. They're going to Kansas City to take on the number one team in the in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the fourteen and one Kansas City Chiefs. The Chargers they beat Denver nineteen to sixteen. Justin Herbert broke the rookie touchdown record for quarterbacks, so congrats to him. He's probably the front runner for offensive rookie of the year i think he's gonna get it yeah um kansas city they somehow almost lost to atlanta but when you need patrick mahomes to make a play he'll make it and uh, kansas city ended up winning 17 to 14 off a harrison butker uh, field goal uh, towards the end of the game i got kansas city winning this game I'm not sure if they're going to rest guys or not. I, I haven't seen any reports about it. But Chad, 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 he's starting. Oh, he is. Okay, so Patrick Mahomes is sitting. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But I still like Kansas City. Yeah, I still like uh, Kansas they're, City, they're, but they're they're a well-oiled machine. Andy Reid, the play calling. They're going to be ha- having fun. They're going to want to win with Chad Henney, you know, to get him that experience. And uh, you know, they're a good football team. So it's just. You know, it's 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 a good team even outside of uh, of Superman Mahomes. So uh, I, I still do like the Chiefs to win even with any. Yeah, but the Chargers they uh, they have a chance to uh, not really spoil the the Chiefs season, but kind of get 
maybe a signature win for their season at the end as kind of like a, a nice going away into the offseason present. You know what I'm saying? It's a to- it could be a token win like the Jets yeah. have. Yeah. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's I, I, th- I think it would be more like Anthony Lynn needs to really coach it up to see maybe he can get another job. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely think he's coaching for another job, so – uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Probably in that game. not head coaching. Maybe, um, Jacob, you have Kansas City in this game. Yeah, I gotta take them. I'm not taking uh, the Chargers. All right, let me uh, take a drink real quick because uh, I have not been looking forward to this game that we're about to talk about. Bring on Warford or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> John Wolford. 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 There's Wolford. an L in there. So, well, all right, man, LA, LA will forget you by tomorrow. <sighs> all right. The next game on the agenda on the schedule is the eight and seven Arizona Cardinals coming here to Los Angeles to take on the nine and six Los Angeles Rams. The Cardinals, they lost by eight to San Francisco. They need to win to, to get into the playoffs. Kyler Murray is uncertain for the game. Uh, after a leg injury so uh he might not start we'll see what happens and then the los angeles rams my los angeles rams they're coming off a loss to tyler's seattle seahawks 20 to 9 they didn't even score a touchdown in the game and it was just uh quite the abysmal performance in my opinion and to add insult to injury. No, to add insult to injury, your whole cell phone service just cut you off. So, haha. Yeah, I just thought you'd fill in the blank. Oh, well, to add insult to injury, Daryl Henderson Jr. has now been placed on injured reserve with a uh, an ankle injury. Jared Goff had thumb surgery after breaking it. So, uh, like Tyler said, John Wolford will get his first career start in the NFL. And star wide receiver Cooper Cup has now been placed on the COVID-19 inactive list because he tested positive. So, uh, best wishes to Cooper. Hope you get well soon, my man. Um, yeah, it's uh, looking bleak for, for the Rams. Uh, they also signed Blake Bortles uh, as a free agent. Uh, to back up John Wolford. Bortles was a part of the team last year, so he's familiar with the system and all of that. So I'm, I'm happy we at least have him back on the squad. I know Goff is going to try and make a comeback if the Rams um, make the playoffs, but the Rams need to win this game to make the playoffs. And if they don't win this game, they are out. It's it's pretty pretty simple. And I'm really disappointed in the Rams in, in their lack of effort and, and and their lack of fight against Seattle with the division on the line over the weekend they didn't come out with any fight whatsoever and they better beat this Arizona team that is probably going to be without Kyler Murray who I think the Rams have a superior defense than the Arizona Cardinals offense um I know Arizona's defense is is pretty good um so 
it's going to be interesting to see what the Rams offense looks like, but they better beat this Cardinals team. And even if they do, I'll be honest, I don't think this Rams team deserves to make the playoffs after their performance the last two weeks. They had a chance to clinch a playoff berth two weeks ago against the Jets, and they messed that up by losing to the Jets and giving them their first win of the season. And then with the division on the line against their main rival, uh, at least over the past few years, the, the Seattle Seahawks, they just came out and played flat. It, it was a, an abysmal performance, um, especially by the offense. And uh, unfortunately, Jared Goff got hurt. But a lot of the blame, I think, has to be on him, uh, not only for that game, but for a lot of the losses that uh, the Rams have had this year. So it's I, – I, I have the Rams winning this game because I'm rooting for him to win. But I don't know, man, if – it wouldn't surprise me if they lost this game, man. They lost to the Jets this year. I, I don't know what else to tell you guys. Yeah, I hate to say it, but, but I think Kyler's playing. Fuck. Um, I think Kyler's playing, and, uh, you know, McVay's going to have to coach his ass off to win this game. You know, Wolford's actually not even the biggest concern. I mean, no cup, and now you lost a running back for two weeks in a row. So your three-headed monster is down to one. So we're, we're you know we're you're you're leaning on one guy at running back. You're down a star wide receiver now. All of a sudden, after Robert Woods, it's it's pretty bleak as far as pass options. It's Josh um, Reynolds and, and Van that, Jefferson. Well, and then on top of that, you don't got your your guy throwing the rock. You know, um, so I know that they have a good offense and they have a, a particularly or a good defense against Arizona having a Jalen Ramsey to go against a DeAndre Hopkins having a game record like Aaron Donald. Um, but, dude, I think the I think the Cardinals, unfortunately, are going to end up winning this game. Oh, uh, don't say purely, that, Tyler. Just, just purely because I think that they've got their football team um, and the Rams don't, <clears throat> you know. Yeah. It's gonna no, be, it's, that's, that's, it's gonna be tough for McVay, man. He's working kind of with one hand tied behind his back, uh, type of deal. And uh, you know, Arizona could get they they taste the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, and, this... and I can't believe it. I can't believe the Rams, you know, could possibly miss the playoffs this year. It's pretty crazy. It, I mean, this uh, is because, an awful collapse. Yeah, I mean, week week fourteen is a pretty good is pretty early in the year to be able to like clinch you know so to be here in week 17 still not have done that uh it's pretty pretty wild yeah and and listen chicago needs to lose to green bay so yeah which i think you know you know i think that that's probably going to go the way yeah it bodes well but the like like we just said the rams need to take care of business themselves well and, and and don't don't count those chickens until the eggs hatch yeah, you ain't wrong about that. You, know, you, you, you never know. Chicago could come out and get that dub. Jacob, who you got in this game? I actually got the Rams, unfortunately, in this game. Unfortunately? Yeah, because they've had a tough season. It's hard to watch them. I know Goff's not going to play, but still, it's just been it's just been hard and to dude, watch them. 
Did they lose their right tackle as well? I mean, did they? Didn't they lose another? Well, they lost uh, Andrew Whitworth, their left tackle. Well, no, I know. I'm talking against Seattle. I think they might have even suffered oh, an injury to the. I think Havenstein. Yeah, I think Rob Havenstein Havenstein, came out. I think he came out for a little bit. I'm not sure what his status is. Yeah, but yeah, no, he's that other that cornerstone on the line besides Whitworth. No, yeah, and and, and, you know that Whitworth is even worth mentioning at this point because you know Whitworth by himself is a big loss, but you know the team has enough talent on the offense to kind of cover it up. You know, you had Whitworth with Goff and Cup and. Acres and Henderson and yeah, uh, God, you know that's that's a lot. Yeah. All right. The next game we got is uh, the NFC West division champions, and the the Seattle Seahawks at eleven and four, the number five team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. They're going to Arizona to take on the San Francisco Forty Niners, uh, who are six and nine. The the Seahawks, like uh, like we just said. They beat the Rams twenty to nine. The Niners they beat the Cardinals twenty to twelve. I got Seattle winning this game. Tyler, I don't know is, is Seattle resting guys this week. I, I know Jamal uh, no, Jamal Adams no, was smoking a victory cigar after a NFC West yes, division champ. Like what what are you doing, dude? It's a division he champion. Deserve, he, he, hey, listen, listen, he deserves that cigar. I don't give a fuck if he lit the, lit the right end or not. <laughs> he uh, definitely lit the wrong was, end. He was in he was a New York Jet, and now he's a Seattle Seahawk. That is a different different type of energy. We definitely celebrate conference championships. Our fans sit out in the rain. Um, you know, this is not somewhere. This is not some sexy place. Everyone's just dying to come to. Uh, it's a little grimer, so. You know, when we get the light, we gotta we gotta enjoy it because, you know, it doesn't come so that often. All right, I I mean I guess I guess I'll allow it. Well, hey man, we worked real hard for that conference championship, and, and you know it's a stepping stone to the bigger prize. You know, it's it's a lot of Super Bowl teams win their division. Yeah. All right, I I got Seattle winning this game. Uh, I think they're just a better team than San Francisco this year. San Francisco, they've had, they've definitely had to take their lumps this year. Tyler, I know you're going with Seattle. Jacob, what about you? I got Seattle too. All right, clean sweep. We're hey, we're not resting players because you know we we still got a shot at that home field advantage. Yes, definitely. You're so, trying to go for the uh, number two seed. Yeah. So Green Bay and New Orleans go down. Now uh, Green Bay has a shot at going down. You know, uh, Chicago is playing for something, but. Uh, I you know I don't see New Orleans losing, so I'm not anticipating the number one seed. Um, but yeah, we got something to play for. Yep. All right. And speaking of New Orleans, uh, they are the next game, the number three team in the TSK Show Power Rankings. The New Orleans Saints at 11 and four. They're going to take on the five and ten Carolina Panthers. Like Tyler said, what else is there to say besides uh, Alvin Kamara and his record six touchdowns in a game? For last game against Minnesota, New Orleans won 52 to 33, and then Carolina they beat the Washington football team by a touchdown, 20 to 13. I got New Orleans winning this game, um, whether they rest guys or not. They showed without Drew Brees that they are still capable of winning games. They are still capable of winning games without Michael Thomas. 
He's been put on injured reserve for the rest of the year. So, I mean, I, I got New Orleans winning this game. Carolina, mm, it, better luck next year. Hey, Carolina, you know, uh, I'd be excited. I think, I think, uh, is it Matt Rule? Yeah, Matt Rule. Matt? Yeah. I think, I think he's done a good job. You know, I think there's some things to be excited about. So, um, you know, moving forward, it's going to be okay. But Panther, you know, they, they don't got a shot in week 17 against this Saints team. Again, Saints team also has a shot at getting the, uh, the home field advantage. I yeah, believe. so I don't. I don't think they're going to rest guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would try. I, I would try to get that week off for sure. I mean, you rest your guys then. Yeah, Jacob, who you got? Uh, man, um, I got to go with the Saints on this one too. I, the the Panthers, I think, have somewhat of a shot because it's one of those last games in the season. But I still think the Saints they they need a win. I think to keep moving up in yep. the NFC. So yep. I think this is this is a big game for them too. Yep. All right. The next matchup we got is the number nine team in the TSK Show Power Rankings, the Tennessee Titans at ten and five. They're going to Houston to take on the four and eleven Texans. And we talked about the other AFC South matchup with the Colts and the Jaguars. Um, if Texan if the Texans somehow upset the Titans then that bodes well for uh, Indianapolis. But uh, obviously Indianapolis's game is in the morning, so the, the results will be known by then uh, What if, if the Titans and Texans game means anything. But the Titans, they're coming off a blowout loss against Green Bay. Uh, the only good news is that uh, Derrick Henry is going to win the rushing title because Dalvin Cook is going to miss Week 17. And the next closest guy behind... Uh, Dalvin Cook is uh, 700 yards behind Derrick Henry. So uh, there is no chance of that happening. So congrats to Derrick Henry on winning the rushing title this year. Uh, Houston, they back lost. Back to back. Yes, back to back. King Henry. Uh, and he should get some MVP consideration. He's had, he's had a hell of a year. Um, he should, but he shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, you get I mean, it. He, you get he, it. He, he should. He's the best running back, no doubt. Uh, and then Houston, they lost to Cincinnati uh, by six after the game. J.J. Watt went viral for his postgame comments. Um, basically, he kind of told his teammates, like, look, if you're not willing to put the work in, don't show up to work uh, on Monday, basically. Um, so, I don't know. J.J.'s had a, quite the frustrating season, and the Houston Texans have really had uh, a frustrating season, and I know – it, it definitely didn't go the way they wanted it to. Um, but I, I think they lose this game and they end their season 4-12, and 12, and I think Tennessee takes care of business. Uh, so I got Tennessee winning this game. Tyler, what about you? Uh, this game is actually kind of tough to, to to pick for me because, damn, that dude playing quarterback for the for the Texans is no, he's a bad he's man. on fire. I mean, he's on fire right now. I think he's... He's passed for 500 yards, like three out of his last six games, um, you know, and J.J. Watt's all fired up. And, you know, before the season started, I'd have picked Houston to win this game, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, Houston got off to a horrible start, fired their coach. Uh, but, I mean, uh, incredibly tough first four games. Um, but it just never got going. But, you know, I'm going to roll the dice. 
And I think Deshaun Watson is going to play an upset to the Tennessee Titans. And okay. uh, the Texans are, Texans are going to get this meaningless win uh, for Romeo Cornell and, and J.J., Deshaun, and all those guys. Okay. And then uh, that means you think Indianapolis is going to squeak in. Yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, um, you know, I thought that Indianapolis is on the outside looking in. And everybody is favored. Like, Tennessee is favored. Yeah. Like, I personally like Deshaun Watson to show up and kind of play – play wrecking you know wreck the party um so in that sense i guess i would have uh the colts in but uh you know that could go either way i guess all right jacob who it's you really got in 50 this 50. i got uh tennessee and Tannehill on this one all right yeah and tyler you're going with tennessee no i'm rocking with i'm gonna rock with houston oh yeah that's right sorry i i apologize um yeah no i mean you need to create the separation and houston's gonna Spoil the party. So, I like the Sean. I mean, hey, listen. Dabo Sweeney said he was going to be the Michael Jordan of the NFL. He's the Michael Jordan of college football. Oh, you're right. Sorry. Isn't that what, isn't that what he called him? Yeah, you're right. I I, I yep. misquoted him. No, you're good. You're good. But, all right, the last game of the week, it's the NFC East and – this game means a lot because of uh, surprisingly, I know. Yeah, it all comes down to this: the Washington football. I, I, what? Great job, get Great job, getting on Sunday night. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad that they're making this the primetime game. It's, uh, it's a playoff game. Yeah, no, hundred percent. The the Washington football team at six and nine, they're going to Philly to take on the four ten and one Eagles. The Washington football team, they lost to the Carolina Panthers. They cut Dwayne Haskins in a wild move that I think took a lot of people by surprise. Um, T- Taylor Heineke, Heineke I'm, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. He's going to start uh, if Alex Smith can't go for the Washington football team. And then the Philadelphia Eagles, they lost by 20 to Dallas. 37 to 17 but it was pretty cool to see Deshaun Jackson get a deep bomb for a touchdown just like old times um so it, I think it was uh I think he only had that one catch and it was 80 yards and a touchdown he did the flip into the end zone it was great it it really was it, it felt like old times same old, Desha- same old Deshaun yes it was um but this game has a lot of playoff implications and Washington needs to win this game. And I, I have them winning this game. Philly has had a crazy year uh, with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts and Doug Peterson. And who knows who, what this team is going to look like next year. Uh, so I got the Washington football team getting the job done, getting into the playoffs and, um, their coach Ron Rivera obviously has been dealing with cancer this year. It's been, I think, honestly remarkable to see what he's done uh, with what this team has had to go through this year. Uh, so I think they get one more win for coach, and uh, I think they sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, shout out the Panthers for rocking the Rivera Strong yeah. uh, shirt. Yeah, that was game cool. Last week. That was cool. That was. That's that's what it's all about right there, um, you know. And 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 Heineke, Heineke is uh, he's a Rivera guy. He started his only career start was for the Panthers, 
um, with, with Rivera. Uh, so, you know, that's, I think, you know, the house can say it's just like, man, we're done with you. You know, we only went to you. We benched you. We wanted to move on from you. You weren't even suited up. You know, Alex gets hurt. Um, the strip Brandon club scenario. Kyle gets hurt. It's like, you know, we're forced to put you in again. You're, you're, you're not making it happen. We're going with the fourth stringer, a guy that I know, over you. And and to just make it official, we're just going to cut you, you know. Uh, it, it was pretty crazy. Um, and so I think that Philly actually is kind of all kind of clicking at the right time. You know, Deshaun, Jalen Rieger, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, all those guys missed time this year. They're healthy. Uh, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, all missed significant time this year. They're healthy. Uh, Jalen Hurts is kind of an upstart energy quarterback. They're at home. I like them. I think they're a better football team than than the than the DC football team, uh, and so I think they're going to win it and kind of spoil the spoil DC's party and really leave it and really see where that Giants-Dallas game was at. All right, Jacob, who you got? I actually got Washington in this game. Um, seeing the Eagles play this last half of their season is just super shaky. I never know what team I'm actually going to get. So, yeah, Washington. And, and even with all those guys coming back, Tyler, I just I'm not sure what they're going to look like. You know, you know they're 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 a grinder team. I mean, uh, Doug Peterson's going to be back next year. I don't think he's getting fired. Uh, Miles, you know. They add Miles Sanders on the list, the guys that got hurt. So you got, you know, Miles Sanders, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, your first-round draft pick, and Jalen Rieger. Uh, and that's not even the offensive line. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, this is a team that faced a ton of adversity this year. Um, I think they're a better football team than their record reflects. I agree with um, that. I think that. I think that Washington is not as good of a football team as their record reflects. So, uh, you know, that's I like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is capable, and he's much more capable than Heineke. You know, I, I definitely like him more than that guy. So uh, I'm going to go with that coach-quarterback combo at home. All right. Uh, that uh, That's it for Week 17 in the regular season of the NFL for the 2020 season. That's a wrap, boys. What? Crazy. Yeah. We didn't miss a single week this year. And it got pretty close. Nope. The, Tyler, this is I, I think this is the first full one to seventeen that we've done. Like like we didn't miss a re, like a review of all the games. Yeah. Pretty good. A lot of games to cover. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But yeah, we're talking close to it's probably I think it's a little over two hundred fifty games, so Well, hold on. One sixty one plus 79 plus, uh, what are 16 games this week? 256 yeah, games. Yeah. yeah All right. Uh, either of you guys got a shout out before we get out of here? Of course, dude. Fucking the King's birthday. <laughs> I knew that was going to be. Yeah. 36 years old. 36 years young. Got the dub tonight, too. Know. I think he's got another 16 years in the tank. Who knows? Oh, geez, 16. Man might be out. He might be dunking on people when he's 50. This guy, uh, no limits, man. I've been watching this kid since he was 16 years old. That's two decades worth of uh, the king from Akron. 
and he played 35 minutes tonight in a 121 to 107 victory for the Los Angeles Lakers over the San Antonio Spurs. He had 26 points, eight rebound or eight assists, five rebounds, uh, one steal and one block. He was 11 of 23 from the field. I'd say that's quite the birthday for the King. For the 36-year-old, yep. Yep. And he also scored double digits in his thousandth straight NBA game. 1,000 straight games of scoring at least 10 points in an NBA game. Wild. Wild. Jacob, you got a shout-out before we get out of here? Uh, I don't. Not today. All right. Uh, I just want to thank our special guest, Zach Johnson, the head varsity basketball coach of the Northwood High School Timberwolves and someone who is like a brother to me for coming on the show tonight. It was a lot of fun having him on the show. It was a, it was a great conversation, and I'm, I'm glad that we got to close out 2020 and episode 175 with him. And then, of course, congratulations again to Tyler for being crowned the champion of the TSK Show Fantasy Football League for the 2020 NBA season. You said Northwest. Or you you said NFC West wrong, NFC West champ baby. No, no, you're still stuck on that. You care more about the NFC West division championship for the Seahawks than the TSK Show Fantasy Football League championship. Is that is that correct? I got it, man. I got it. I, I'm I'm happy to be the champion of fantasy football, of course. Um, but with fantasy, it's more the journey is the destination. <laughs> now with, with with pro with pro sports with the Hawks, baby, I need that I need that Super Bowl. I feel you. I feel you. I, I I can appreciate that. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show, so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachulki, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.